This is Points North on Interlochen Public Radio, a show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura, hosting for Peter Payette this week. Human bones are showing up on Lake Michigan's shoreline. You've heard about erosion wreaking havoc on communities up and down the Great Lakes, but high water levels are also damaging burial sites for some of Michigan's Indian tribes. This is widespread all the way along Lakeshore. That's coming up next on Points North. Melissa Wytrollick is the Historic Preservation Officer for the Little Traverse Bay Bands of Odawa Indians in Harbor Springs. Now, the exact number of cases of bones being discovered isn't known, but Wytrollick says it's been a problem particularly in the past three months. It's an issue that we can never predict. Remains often show up on shoreline because the Odawa intentionally chose to bury their dead near water. We were very simple and natural individuals that lived among the water for water resources, and we relied on that water, not only for now, but, you know, in our afterlife. You know, in our belief story, we have, we have to cross that water to be able to go on to the afterlife. Besides the natural erosion from high lake levels, indigenous remains are also commonly found in new construction sites along Lake Michigan. Wytrollick says regardless of how the bones are discovered, repatriation can be a painful process. The main thing is getting the ancestor and the remains taken care of, that they're respectfully cared for in a way that we can re-enter them to Mother Earth instead of just being continuously thrown, you know, to a side. She worries that fall storms on Lake Michigan could fuel even more erosion and more grave sites could get washed away. And I always try to be optimistic that Mother Nature will be kind to us. (laughs) So I worry when that when we get out of this season, what the damage is after. That's what I get concerned and what I hold my breath when it comes to that time of year. If you come across what you think might be indigenous remains, Melissa Wytrollick says to first contact the police to make sure it's not something else. Then contact the tribe so they can rebury the remains with the proper ceremony. You're listening to Points North. While water levels recede and rise at more extreme levels, over decades, the land is shifting beneath us, too. That means the actual elevation of the Great Lakes is changing, and the reason why goes all the way back to the Ice Age. Lexi Krupp has more. Normally, the waters of Lake Michigan sit around 580 feet, but that's based on measurements done back in the 1980s. And the height we're working with now it's not accurate. That's according to Laura Rear McLaughlin, who works for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. The last time we redid this, Superior was off by around a foot, and we expect the same kind of change this time around, about a foot or so. Laura is leading efforts to update water levels of the Great Lakes. And these numbers matter, because shipping and navigation and energy industries in two countries all rely on this information. And a lot of it, you know, is many things in like points to money. That's Ryan Heppensteel, also of NOAA. He says, think of a hydroelectric dam. The power companies want to know how much water is running through the dams and how well it's generating. To get the right numbers, everyone needs to be using consistent measurements for things like water depths. Because without it, it would just be a, a mess of data sets just kind of splashed on top of each other. And the reason we need to keep updating these numbers every few decades, you might have learned about it in high school geology. 
Some 20,000 years ago, this area was covered by mile-high glaciers, and those things were heavy. When they finally began to melt, the land was free. Laura says after so long under all that pressure, the land is going to slowly bounce back after that mm. ice melt. And that bounce back is still happening. Over the next few years, researchers will combine satellite and field measurements from over 200 locations across the U.S. and Canada to come up with new elevations for the Great Lakes. They plan to release the new numbers in five years. Finally today in our field guide, mystery holes. As the weather gets colder, vegetation dies back, and you may notice more holes in the ground. Well, Cheryl Bartz of Red Pine Radio found one in her garden recently and staked it out. I check the hole every day, morning, noon, and night, trying to get a good look at the owner. It's not sitting out here waiting for me, that's for sure. Nope, nothing there. Nothing and no. But then my vigilance paid off. Something started to poke out of the hole, and then it jumped out, and it seemed to turn around in the midair and then go back into the hole. It's dark. It, it almost looked like a small frog. But, oh, there it is again. I needed a picture, though. And finally, I snapped my quarry. What I got was a very grainy photo. I sent it to Duke Elsner, retired extension educator from MSU. He said it's likely a wolf spider and that the hole itself is one of the diagnostic signs. It has that really neat ridge of material around the, the hole in the ground. That's, that's really clear-cut spider and typical wolf spiders. It turns out this mystery hole isn't all that unusual. They're actually quite common. Once people start realizing what they're seeing and start looking for them, you can find those wolf spider holes pretty readily. We have pictures of the spider hole in my yard on the web, along with a picture of the spider. Are you finding mystery holes in your backyard? Send us a picture and we'll try to help you identify who dug that burrow. And you can send those pictures to pointsnorth at interlochen.org. This episode was produced by me, Dan Wanshura. Peter Payette, Lexi Krupp, and Cheryl Bartz. Next week on the show, Sleeping Bear Dunes turns 50 this month. Many locals opposed creating the National Lakeshore and fought against it for years. A leading opposition group named itself after a white supremacist organization. At the time, there uh, was a, a Mississippi editor who referred to the Citizens Council as the Uptown Clan. That's next week on Points North. Tune in on IPR News Radio Fridays during Morning Edition or search for Points North wherever you listen to podcasts.